Whoa! Pick up your lager, it's time for Saga! Head to the fridge and go grab a lager We're gonna read a comic called Saga It's a space operatic adventure It's not just for geeks, it's for those who love culture Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings It's a brilliant mashup of all of your favourite things A girl with wings and a guy with horns They're trying to protect their lovely little newborn A cat who spots lies, a babysitter who is dead There's even a man with the television for a head He's got a television for a head. We're back, we're bad, and we are the Saga Read Along crew. We still don't have a name, but we do have an email. An email came in, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, but yes, that's right, we're back, and it is me, the Chief, and I'm joined by my good buddies, Dave Wimblett and Emma Warrillow. How are you, fine folks? I am good, thanks. My 12 year old has just delivered my lager for the evening which is a cup of green tea show me we've got a camera on here people you can't see that but i can well it's a green cup and i believe you that you've got tea inside it i have i actually have a lager i have a stewart brewing coconut chocolate and hazelnut stout that is a fancy pants lager Look at that i'll take a picture of this and put it up on the social media uh, emma if you can take a picture of your green mug and we'll also put that up. 7.1% alcohol. That'll put you to sleep. Oh, I'm having a go on it. Uh, Dave, any drink? I got nothing. I'm ill prepared today. I've just um, I've just sent a message to my personal assistant to find out if she might bring me a beer. Well, my, look, oh, I've wait a minute. An- What's happened here? I know. I've got another personal assistant. What is this? Two personal assistants. Someone's just appeared. Tiny Rebel. Someone's just appeared in your background and given you a lager. Wow, that looks cool. Which you are not going to drink. 505. It's 6.2%. Give it give it back to the old man. Oh, I don't really like beer. I'll sip it. No, that is... um, My one is is chocolate and hazelnutty. This 505 is the sort of thing that they'd be serving up in sextillion. Yeah, it's got the right colour. Yeah. Good colour palette. That's right. So we are back. Uh, if you don't know what we're doing, you stumbled across us by accident. You've got no clue to us people talking about drinks. But we are reading <laughs> the image comic called Saga. Started in 2012, took a three and a half year hiatus and has recently come back at the start of this year to continue the run. 54 monthly issues were published and it's a planned 108 issue series. So we are reading along one issue at a time per episode. Uh, are you guys pumped for this one? We've read issue four. We're, we're prepped and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a big one. Shall I tell you all I've had in my head since reading this one is, hey, we're going to Sextillion. Right, okay. <laughs> interesting, interesting. We do see the inner workings of Sextillion and it's, um, it's emotional. Uh, and we'll get on to that in a bit. But uh, how, how's the last, very briefly, how's the last week been for you people? Okay? It's been okay. It's, we're deep in the summer holidays now. Mm. So the novelty is wearing off and the juggle is real. Yes. But I'm going on holiday on Monday. Woo. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes, very much. Dave? Uh, yeah, it's been a busy week. I've um, 
It was the last week of the Kickstarter. It just ended this evening. Ah, so I've and been fully funded? Yeah, fully funded. Yeah, 150%, I think, which is good. I think that's our record. Um, and just about got the highest number of backers, give or take, because in the first one, you obviously get loads of friends and family. Yeah, of course. Uh, so probably not so many this time. So that's good, actually. Yeah, so, yeah, really good, really successful. I've not been doing much. Um, I Well, I well I say that. Uh, my toilet backed up and overflowed and leaked downstairs again. Oh, so I've got nice. £700 plumbing bill coming on Thursday when they rebuild the shit stack pipe that goes outside the house. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had drain, that. So looking forward to paying that off. And then I've just been watching about 10 hours of Commonwealth Games every day. Anyway, enough of that junk talk. Uh, <laughs> let's, we're here to talk about Saga. So we left our protagonists. They've had their baby. They're on the run from everyone, from freelancers to robot television-headed people to spider ant ladies. And Marco, with the, our, our male protagonist with the horns, has been shot. And there's a new babysitter on the scene for young baby Hazel. And it's a half cut off emo pink punk dead girl uh, and she it? thinks she might have a way to revive him and the, the 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 big reveal or the big cliffhanger at the end of the last issue was who is Gwendolyn which is Marco's f- former no not even former fiance I guess because is she still mm. can you still have a fiance if you're then subsequently married or not or does that sever all previous uh, well, yeah, titles. there's no contract, is there? I don't know. Anyway, uh, like you said, though, Emma, we are on our way to Sextillion, and the Will who is going there, I'm just looking at the cover of Chapter 4, and it's the Will sitting on a big gold kind of globe object with Lion Cat behind him, and he's smoking a big spliff. He's got his big superhero cape on and his Han Solo yellow-lined trousers, and he looks kind of relaxed on that cover. That's a cool cover. I really like this one. This is one of the most memorable covers for me. Right. I have that on my wall. That's awesome. Okay. What I'm seeing on these covers is you get the the whatever the main focus is in the middle and then a lot of non-detailed background on the covers. So here, just blank space. Here they've done it yellow. I think the previous issue was maybe green. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Colour I mean, blocking. It, is that what it's called? Might not be. Mm, I might possibly. have made that up. I, mean, I don't know if it portends to anything that happens inside the issue it's just here's a couple of characters that are in this particular issue so uh, yeah the cover art i is so key isn't it it's what makes people pick a comic up for me in my kickstarter i just had to nail the cover because that's the first image everyone looks at that's the one they yeah. stop at when they're scrolling um so for me kind of like this it has to be something just pops straight away and yellow, my cover of my comic that we've just done is a nice bright yellow cover yeah, as well. I wonder if there's any, Emma, you might know, because uh, you're probably more more attuned to this. Yeah, is there any psychological effect of colours? that I, I, You know, I know there is, but what does yellow mm. portend to? Or... Well, yeah, yellow tends to be happy. Most people associate it with sunny, joyful. But I think there is also, oh no, orange is creativity, actually. Yeah, no, it's just just joyful, sunny. Yeah, no, I think that's right. But I like these colour block covers too because they zoom in on the character in a particular silhouette and it always says something about the nature of that character and this is like such a will yeah, yeah. <laughs> like vibe. Yeah. He's so yeah. cool. I love yeah, this guy. I was quite nervous about him going to Sextillion because yes. I thought, oh no, he's just going to be so 
gross and horrible and I'm going to go off him. That's but not what happens, is it? <laughs> is not what happens. Yeah. Well, we'll yes. And, and we get this, again, we get the splash page, which we've noticed is a common theme across all the issues. And the splash page here terrifying. is a couple of heads on legs. No yeah, torsos, this, the, no I've arms. never seen anything like that before. That really is so surreal and creepy. It's very like Salvador Dali. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not sexy, that's for Look sure. Look how happy they are. <laughs> yeah, scarily happy. I mean, scarily yeah, that was the first happy. thing I saw on a sex planet. I'm not sure I'd want to stay. Yeah, I was trying to think, like, are they part of the sexing? Because I couldn't work out what one would do with them big mouths but yeah. listen there's there's nothing in the background here it's kind of it's a very abstracty piece even outside of just those two central figures because you've got mm, a, yeah. a sun or a moon in the background in a kind of skyscape and then just kind of just pastely colors when kind of almost a round deep hole and a reflective mirrored surface it's very it's abstract cold. and weird and yeah, it's welcome yeah, no to landscape. Sextillion, as they both say. <laughs> He's like, you have no idea how long I've been waiting to hear those words. And I was yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> What's he going to get up to? Do? And we kind of alluded in a previous issue where there were the other contractors that had the as the yeah. as the pronoun, didn't we? I forget what they yep, were. The did. fluke was one. And when he says, she says, is it cash or credit, Mister? And he says the will, uh, the actually the will. And she says, "My my, a big bad freelancer." So that is obviously a common, commonly known thing. If you have the at the front of your name, then you are a freelance contractor. Yeah, yeah, it's That's like the equivalent of being a sir. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It carries a bit of weight to it. Yeah. For next episode, we need to come up with our own the assassin the titles. <laughs> All right, yeah. Listen, write, write, in, uh, write in and tell us what you think. I said we had a letter. I'll read it out at the end of the episode. But Can't yeah, believe I had an know, email. Let us know who, who we're so going to be. It's from one of our other halves, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I'll spoil it now. It's from... It's from, it's from um, is it from Ben? It is from Ben, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or he That's said... Me. I think he mentioned... I said, do your kids call you dad or daddy? And he said, neither. At the moment, they call me Dash. And they call Emma <laughs> Muzz. That's true, yeah. Yeah. That is parenting in 2022 and you've got tweens. They just refer to you in rap terms. Yeah. Oh, those are rap terms, are they? Well, I think they're... I thought I knew rap music. I think they're an equivalent, an adaptive. Right, Muzz and Dash. Sounds like a good tag team. Yeah. (laughs) So what... You were nervous about what we would uncover here in Sextillion, Emma. And initially when... I didn't like it when he had to leave his cat behind. No, he didn't, because they do say, don't they, no pets allowed. Yeah, I didn't like that. I thought, oh, no, I thought that's not a good sign. No weapons, no cat. (laughs) What made him change his mind? Because he starts saying, the law says Mm. she, and also she, I didn't know Lion Cat was a a female, but not that that is of any relevance, but he mentions, the law says she has just as much right, then he gets cut off. So he obviously wanted Lion Cat to come in with him. But then he kind of changes his mind and says, as long as you're headed back to the ship, you mind taking my gear with you? So I wonder why he didn't press forward to try and get Lion Cat in. Yeah, I didn't pick up anything there. She doesn't say anything. And there's not like a look or a yeah. pregnant pause that kind of he just explains. Get, he just get in yeah, there. changes his mind. Yeah, maybe he just... He's having a monkey brain, bit... alpha male moment. Yeah, his brain isn't telling him to get in there. 
But I like the fact that he says, um, he says, yeah, he says the lion cat, you wouldn't have liked it anyway. And lion cat says lion. Lying. <laughs> That's the best line, I think. <laughs> Just skulks off. Yeah. She would have had a whale of a time. Yeah. But when we get in, we start seeing some scenes and it's kind of lots of erotic imagery, shall we say. Can I post these images up on the social media? It's Probably not. wild in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's kind of all kinds of crazy activity. There's oh, I'm looking at a page now where some woman's coddling some guy's balls <laughs> and he's smoking a massive spliff. He's lit up this massive spliff the wheel and he's walking along and there's some weird kind of almost there's a lady with a massive tongue and multiple arms and legs and all kinds yeah. of weird and wild and wacky red light district stuff. Yeah. But he then says it's all a bit safe. He said some guy pops up and the will says this all feels a little safe. And I'm looking at these images thinking, I know. safe? <laughs> I know. What are you I'm, talking about, man? At this point, when this guy popped up, who is disgusting, like right from the off, he just yeah. oozes just sex pest, pervert, yeah. gross, yeah. horrible. I actually started thinking, oh, I don't know if this is for me. Really? really? Yeah, I did. And especially when we come on to the next bit with the yeah. girl, mm. I thought, oh, shit, this is not my vibe at all. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to go to a place. I could handle it when we had the jolly green dinosaur with the big purple penis. <laughs> 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 and then when this guy popped up and they were like, oh, I'm going to take you. This is all like safe i was just like oh no it's very creepy i I don't know if this i want this in a comic book no it feels so because of we've talked about the experience is so deep dive imagination and you're you know it's very immersive and you're joining all these dots in your imagination i just thought oh what is he gonna show him and i I don't know if i want to do that with my imagination No. no because there is a definite especially for non-comic readers, I'm going to make an assumption, but I feel like there's a definite expectation of what a comic book is. And initially, it's like, oh, it's all superhero stuff. And then you might discover books like this or Mom, and you realise, actually, oh, cool, it's not all superhero stuff. There can be some intellectual dramas or adventures or space operas, but you never expect it as a comic. People, A lot of people don't take it seriously. You never expect it to go to the hard, dark places or the, the, the... the really heavy content and this book does because this real creeperzoid says to the will i know what you need you need a slave girl um let's go a little bit deeper and then next we see he's opened the lift ding the doors have opened and he's coming to a real plush pad and i will mention here as well the color palette is very clever when you're on sextillion scenes it's very garish colors very bright Mm -hmm. And all the other stuff with Marco and Alana, which we'll come on to afterwards, it's quite muted, muted blues and browns. And they yep. play around with colour very cleverly uh, to, mm-hmm. to fit the, the scene and the mood. But yeah, this guy, look at his smile. He's horrendously creepy. Yeah. And he kind of explains how they get these slave girls. They're refugees from war-torn regions where Reith and Cleve have left the area and left just decimation and destruction in their path these pimps effectively go in and just pick up these slaves yeah it's interesting isn't it adding that as a an extra level of detail around the story that he's telling it's not just there's a war there's good guys there's bad guys oh it's devastating what happens afterwards um you know this is 
brutal. And a, pa- a parallel with reality. I mean, I'm not an expert, but, you know, I, I think there is, a, you know, a lot of human trafficking and really dark, horrible stuff that goes on, um, not just around war, but in countries that have been ravaged by war and, you know, have a lot of vulnerable people in them. And it was, I found that parallel came across so strongly to me and it was it's very clever this medium of uh, alternate universes and these sort of surreal characters but what they're talking about are real world crises it's a really sort of strange because your imagination is in the mix whereas if you read a news story about human trafficking or you would interpret it obviously totally differently, you know, with a lot of compassion and you'd feel sadness. This is like a next level of, I don't know, it's sort of like your imagination in that process levels up your empathy. So, but not just for these characters in this story, I'm thinking about the parallels in the real world as well. Yeah. It's like really, this really broke me. I found this whole thing really yeah. Hard. I mean, they're called, I was also thinking they're called graphic novel. I mean, this is a comic. I don't know what the difference between a graphic novel and a novel, but, but I was thinking the like graphic novels, I assume are called that because of the illustrations, the graphics, but there yeah. is also the other use of the word graphic as well, because it is, especially in those scenes with all the like, the, all of the sex stuff going on. And they were very of, graphic. Those sex really scenes graphic. are very graphic. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. guy sort of looks a bit like a puffer fish. <laughs> yeah, it does. His yeah, mouth his goes head... all the way round his head, doesn't it? Yeah, and his head gets puffed in a minute, as we'll see. But this, the reveal, and oh, I'm pretty sure, horrible. I'm pretty sure, you know, this is like you turn the page, and you're like, oh my god, because he says he's got a girl, and he said anyway, have fun, and you flip the page, and this is the bit that is very uncomfortable, and I'm personally not sure if it works for me. In fact, it's a splash page and it's a tiny girl. She says, hi. He says, how old are you? And she's like six. And this guy's saying she'll do anything you want. And I I don't watch uncomfortable movies or movies with, you know, I won't watch Cinder's List even to that extent. I don't like watching movies that will make me depressed or put me in a bad mood. I like watching 1980s uh, Boys <laughs> Own Adventure movies because I know I'm going to watch them and have a good time. And that's not yeah. to want, say I want to shy away from real world problems, but I do want to shy away from real world problems. And I don't really know if I want it in a comic. Now, there is a slight resolution to this, which is very <laughs> satisfying for the reader coming up. Slight. I don't know if it's the... Well, but, it's not slight for the guy. <laughs> but by the same token... I don't know. It's it's. This is the point, Emma, where you were like, "This is not for me." Yeah, I just turn the page. Everything, the way she's standing, the way she's holding, yeah. clutching her shirt, her eyes. Um, the, when she says, she, "I'm six and I'll do anything you want," I just thought, "I this is not my bag." No, mm. no. Yeah, I don't feel like it needed this, did it? The comic. I don't think it did. And I think for this is just for me on a personal thing. I think the misstep is. Once the resolution's happened and the comic gets back into telling other bits of the story, it's back into kind of sci-fi, almost humorish mode. And I'm not sure if this was in a movie, this scene, you wouldn't then have a comedy section straight after. They'd cut. I mean, yeah, they just wouldn't have this with that. It's almost like you wouldn't have this scene in any kind of comedy movie. And I'm not saying this is a comedy book, but there is definitely humorous elements to it. And it is 
science fiction it's a, a work of fiction so i'm just yeah. not sure for me i mean look it has a massive emotional impact the scene i'm not taking that away from it but i don't know it almost feels and i don't think they were it almost feels like we're glossing over that fact when the story just goes back to oh here's marco and alana blah mm. blah blah yeah and i don't know maybe i'm maybe i can't remember what me. happens with the girl is it even resolved in this issue is he, she's still with him at the end of this issue uh, well, let's follow this train through because the will has obviously taken massive offense to this because he kind <laughs> of holds the guy's head says she's a goddamn child and then basically just so again this we've not seen this before the will has some kind of powers or yeah that's what strength i was wondering does he like, he's put the guy's head in between his hands and literally crushed his head he's clapped his head to death he's yeah. deep puffed the puffer yeah yeah, yeah. Which and either that... the guy had a very soft head, or yeah, no. he's got like yeah. super strength. Yeah. yeah, the one thing I did I did like about this angle was I feel like you go on this roller coaster with the will. He's very grey. He's not good. He's not bad. He's very up and down. And when he was on his way to Sextillion, I thought, oh no, he's just going to be disgusting. And then you get to this situation, and he's he's the hero again. But then we have this this narrative from hazel and she's saying the will wasn't the first bounty hunter to come after my parents he wasn't the last like every freelancer i had the misfortune to eventually meet he was a fucking monster but as my family was about to learn some monsters are worse than others so it's like we're constantly like this guy's awesome (laughs) he's you know it's i i kind of like that part about it it's very clever because you you're rooting for him hard when he crushes this guy's skull. But then, like you said, immediately on the next page, you're like, oh, he's a fucking monster. So he's going to do something which Mm. is going to, you don't want, you don't want to dislike him now. You're like, like you said, he's the anti-hero. He's done a good deed here and he's saving this kid. And you're like, oh no, he's going to do something terrible. And I don't want him to do something terrible because I kind of like him. Yeah. But it's coming. He's going to do something terrible and he's going to be a monster. From what I remember reading, uh, not to give any spoilers or anything. That's a massive spoiler. That is a massive spoiler, Dave. (laughs) Well, anyway. I I want, in a sort of naivety, I want the will to end up protecting the family. Right. That's yeah. That's how okay. I would. Lo- that's how I would like to see his character evolve. And I felt like it was showing us here that he has some compassion and he has a limit. Yes. Yes. I mean, I don't know what his end game is here. He's killed this pimp dude, and he's just then kind of looking on stony faced with blood on his face as the girl says thank you. So, you know, he's he's gone to Sextillion for a massively good time and he has had the complete opposite so i <laughs> yeah. don't know where his head's at right now but we'll we'll find out in a future issue so while all that is going on uh alana and uh, isabel are trying to revive marco and they've traveled halfway across the planet they've traveled up this mountain because there was going to be snow at the top of the mountain and oh no started... she says with the help of our new sitter my parents and i had traveled halfway across the planet please all oh, right so okay. I think a substantial amount of time must have passed for them to find the snow they were looking for. Yeah, there's a cool line here from uh, Alana where she says, forgive me if I don't take relationship advice from a dead teenager missing her vagina. 
<laughs> I love that line. Yeah, I remember. I noted that one. But again, is it a teenager? It could be that this is just how the horror is choosing to present itself. Yes, yeah, because we haven't seen, as we previously mentioned, all these dead half-creature things were kids. We didn't see any adults. And are these the horrors that were pertained by the population around to be? And she says back, "You was, <laughs> when she says, um, yeah, I don't want to take your advice from you, she says, by the way, you was, she says back to her, you were supposed to switch boobs 10 minutes ago, which I like. That's a good line, which would also suggest that she knows about breastfeeding. Yeah, again, implying that she maybe is older than she looks. Yeah. Then our guy wakes up, Marco. And as much as Alana on the previous page has said, not if I cut out his heart first, uh, the, her first response was Big to snog. embrace and kiss him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that. Yeah, she that. came across very um, jealous in this, didn't she? Oh, she's about to, because the first thing she asks her after the kiss, granted, is straight into the um, bit about Gwendolyn. Yes. She's not letting that go. No, no. Uh, And we get some kind of explanation from Marco that they were, you know, childhood, they were childhood sweethearts or they were together pre-war and it was kind of arranged a little bit possibly. But then obviously they went their separate ways. He went onto the battlefield and time apart and distance and his change of ideals and ideologies kind of just meant that for, as far as he was concerned, they were no longer meant to be together. Now, whether or not Gwendolyn's got different ideas about that, we don't know. Um, and it also turns out that Alana is wearing Gwendolyn's wedding rings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. Awkward. I just love yeah. the soap opera-ness of yeah. this in the middle of all of the chaos that's going on. And he makes some comment about her hips. I'm just trying to locate yeah. it. About oh, that's her. a good one. Oh, yeah. Gwendolyn may have been tall, but her hips were boyish, not womanly like yours. And I was like, dude. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah that and is... her response is, you know, for a pacifist, you sure beg to get stabbed a lot. <laughs> yeah. Great line. And that's on one of those kind of wide yeah. shots leaving Touché. to go to a different scene. But the joke is kind of hanging there in the air i love that my my thoughts have sort of changed on isabel a bit when she was entertaining the baby and her tips were actually quite right on (laughs) uh they weren't they they, you know they were sort of informed and i thought actually they need some help maybe she'll be like a a free nanny yeah they got some they've got some help here a little assistant yeah she's pretty cool and they they do drop in not a trope, but a a handy get out, which is kind of very fictional story ish. Where Marco's like, "Oh, what's she doing around? Oh no, she's only around for half the day. She only comes out at night." Yeah. And that's never really explained how or why. But it's obviously they don't want this character being around all the time. And an yeah. easy way to not have her around is, "Oh, yeah. she only comes out at night time." Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. We'll buy that. I I also liked at that beginning um, where she was fuming and saying, "I'm going to." you know rip his heart out and then he wakes up and she's all cooey and happy to see him and then she's fuming again i also thought that was quite a good embodiment of hormones and (laughs) moods just all over the place and just the sort of extreme hormonal responses you have after having a baby of just love and frustration and oh i love this person and oh i want to kill this person Uh, i thought that was a yeah, a, a good a good 
yeah. <laughs> embodiment of that. What's the what's the and this is different for for everyone. Every scenario, every situation is different. But but is the past always just the past, or is it right to be a hundred percent nosy to know everything about someone's past? Well, I think it is if you're technically still married to them, right, <laughs> or engaged to them. Engaged. I I think um they these two they they're sort of there's a lot of romance with them and their love feels very vulnerable and it's new isn't it They've it's not been new a couple that long really and just new in terms of time but also new in terms of their different species do yeah, we call yeah them? definitely that's cool and also in the way they express it alana's very reactionary in her love and romance uh, whereas mm. marco is kind of the cliche almost he's yeah, yeah. spouting off you know cliched lines of dialogue yeah uh, yeah, he's whereas, an old romantic, isn't he? Yeah, he's an old romantic. Whereas his is a bit more sort of almost planned or scripted, whereas she is very much of the moment. Yeah, yeah, and they don't share the same like norms necessarily of a relationship. They're still sort of figuring that out. So for her, this is a really big deal, and she has much more of a human response, I think. Whereas he is some sort of, yeah, like old romantic, strange, he's sort of warped in time. And for him, this is this means something different. He's not seeing it the same as her. And I think that also is a really nice sort of way of bringing to life when you enter into parenthood together, you, you do sort of bring together these different ideas about the world and it can become more complicated you have to figure out how to get on the same page and they, this is all sort of coming to the surface as part of their their new experience of being in this relationship and as parents and there's these constant sort of like clashing frictions that keep coming up whilst being on the run from the entire universe <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, i mean it's, tensions it's are going to rise aren't they yeah <laughs> who actually plans parenthood not for, not in terms of having deciding to have a child but when that child is born you know how many couples actually sit down and say right this is the way we're going to raise our child this is what I believe in this is what we should do in this scenario almost no one I would suggest no because it's all just about wing you're like I want to have a kid you want to have a kid we'll just wing it and it's almost like an assumption that we're both going to be aligned on yeah. what we want or what we think the right thing to do is but a the majority of the time or I would say it's kind of a minority of parents who agree on everything about what is the right or correct thing to do and it depends how long you've been together doesn't it I think over time we're gonna getting off topic a bit here but over time when you've been together with someone for a long time you change each other and you become aligned uh, whereas these guys again have not been together that long so they're they're at completely different places really even if they're romantically in the same place. And they do have some different values. They've got one about violence and reacting to threat. He is trying to always... To be a pacifist, isn't he? Yeah. And Until... she's, just, she's just not into it. Yeah, no, she's not. <laughs> I, I saw a very... I saw a good quote that I liked anyway. It, it, it might not be a good quote, but I saw this quote. Uh, a man gets married and doesn't want the woman to change, and a woman gets married hoping she can change the man. Mm -hmm. wow that's true by the way i think uh well, both, anyway <laughs> both keep my response to that that's be a story both, for both people should be changing together all the yeah, time that, that's what happens i think yes i think that's what happens but i don't necessarily think that's what the two people involved want to happen 
But the conclusion of this yeah. episode is it's now Marco's up on his feet. It's a bright blue sky day. Morning has come. Everything looks cool and rosy. He's trying to change a, a dirty nappy or I guess a diaper for our American friends, if we've got any American friends. And all of a sudden, Alana has spotted, worryingly, uh, a spacecraft coming in on the horizon, or more than on the horizon, pretty much above them. And its troops come to get them, and Marco draws his sword, and he's like, we fight. And only two issues ago, he had said, I am never drawing this sword again. Yep. So perhaps yep. not as quite a big cliffhanger as the last couple of issues, but in relation to what his he claimed his new stance was, then I guess mm. it is a bit of it's a, quite a big deal for character-wise. Yeah, mm. um, I like the fact that with the changing of the nappy, just going to that, there's like a reference here to using reusable nappies and how <laughs> how gross it is. Yeah, gave me images of my days scraping poo into oh the you did you did reusables a, we've done reusables the whole time yeah very good many very a good, night sir. i've spent scraping poo flicks everywhere flicks on the wall flicks on your hands yeah the and did stick, you also you say need. i've dressed gangue- gangrious wounds that were less <laughs> disgusting than this God, the number of times whole I've said cloth that. diaper routine <laughs> yeah. yeah no he did not <laughs> and the uh, ship another ship that looks like a some kind of creature doesn't it yeah it does it was you know almost like those front lights look like like eyes and almost crabbish crabbish yeah crabby design. scorpion crab scorpion yeah 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 uh good good issue uh well i say a good i think it was a good issue i don't think there's any bad issues of saga just that uncomfortable bit on sextillion mm. that that i don't think was 100 percent necessary i i guess it's just i don't even know what they're going for really well i think I they were trying the to was. I think they were trying to get the reader to have the will on side and what's more powerful than trying to get him on side by him killing a an underage sex slaver. Yeah, I suppose that's right. I think this was yeah, this is my favorite issue I think so far. Right, okay. I see I assume that that scene on Sextillion is going to have some sort of tent pole to what happens with the will. I assume it it's it's important in his trajectory yeah i think Mm. if it does then you can kind of justify it i guess i like this end uh splash is that what it's called Mm -hmm. (laughs) where they say we fight i i like this ending because i was like oh for god's sake finally he's got his (laughs) bite back (laughs) (laughs) this new romantic got his sword out they look very united and a solid team in this image yeah they do uh what are we giving them for a co-parent rating out of five people out of They've five. done pretty good, I think, this time. I think I'd give them a four because I think they had a sticky moment there where something came out of the history and they addressed it and they have united in the next challenge. I th- mm-hmm. I give them a four. And they chose, you know, they thrashed it out without being in earshot of the baby. They left the baby with the babysitter. Yeah. You know, Clever. None of that is negatively impacting subconsciously yep. the baby. It's all good. Clever. Yeah, and they're both taking on the nappy duties. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I'm going five. Yep. Shove yep. four. Yeah. And very quickly, favourite character from this issue? It's got to be the will, doesn't it? In an isolated moment. Well, yeah. mine would be the green dinosaur with the big purple penis. I'm just going to say... check that guy. Where is he? So it's just in the foreground, completely <laughs> unnecessary, irrelevant. You can't. Oh miss yeah, it. yeah. That is massive. There's nothing that going on in that, in that in that panel. <laughs> 
he's just so joyful. And he's he's yeah. patchwork quilted. He's got a he's been repaired as well. <laughs> yeah, only once, amazingly. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe he is new. the best character in here. Yeah. Uh, write in people <laughs> and give us a name to this purple penis dinosaur. Well, what did the email say? Uh, yes, I've got the email here. Let me read it out to you. It's entitled A Thrilled Listener and Reader. Hey, Saga Crew. Quick shout out to say that I'm absolutely loving the podcast and has instantly risen to the top of my weekly pod rotation. I'm reading along with you guys every week and having an absolute blast. Hopefully we can get more people on the What a Saga read-along train. A question slash dare. Why don't you see who can get slash recruit one confirmed new What a Saga listener who reads along every week. Hustle up, you mothers. Keep on trucking. And that's, that is an email that's come in from someone called Blue Gills and Tommy Cox. Um, <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a deep that cut be. there for people in the know. But that is, in fact, a.k.a. Ben Martin. <laughs> My husband. Your husband. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. How are we doing on that front? I well, can't say I've got, I can't say I've achieved that yet. I don't think I've recruited anyone, no, personally. Actually, no, I have. I tell a lie. So in the Kickstarter... A guy reached out to me on Instagram and said, I'll oh, just back to your Kickstarter. It looks great. I was like, oh, I really appreciate it. He said he was from Surrey, blah, blah, blah. And then a few days later, he said, oh, by the way, he came back to me and said, I've started listening to your What Saga podcast because I love the comic and the podcast is great. So, so yes. how did he know about Yay. it? Though? Did you tell he, him about uh, it? He must have just seen it on my socials, as All they right. say. Yeah. All right. Aww. One nil to Dave, unfortunately. Yeah, He's I'm a super lead. fan of yours, Dave. He is. Yeah. He joked stalker. about being a stalker and I said it would be an absolute privilege to have a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love that guy. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if anyone from my Instagram community is reading along. If you are out there listening, DM me and let me know. All right, listen, that, that about wraps it up for episode four of What a Saga. That's the first <laughs> time anyone said it. Uh, oh, I forgot to say. Yeah, I'm supposed to yes. slip it in. You said it in everyday life. Please tell me. No, I... I said it in everyday life and yes. it was Brilliant. the most appropriate time for it. And it was just the best expression. Should what I tell happened? you what happened? Please do. Yes, please. A jar of honey leaked in the <laughs> cupboard. Absolute nightmare. You've got to clean the whole cupboard, to, take everything out. Yeah, and out. you sort of have to like get it wet and warm and it's so hard to clean up yeah, and it took me so long and everything was sticking to it. And I was, I was sweating. It was a really hot day. And as I was doing it, and then when I finished, I was like, what a saga. Yeah, that is a classic yeah. saga, isn't it? Boom. It's like a really lame problem that you have to deal with, but it takes Yeah, action. I was like a really stressed Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Honey is a mother to clean up because like you say, it's sticky. Even just a wet sponge ain't doing it because then the sponge starts no. snagging on the stickiness. I, I needed a big lying cat to come yes. in and... Yeah, yeah, just lick it all And away. do what? And just lick the honey? <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, it's busy in sextillion. I think like you lying. just want a lying cat, Emma. I think that's what it actually is. Um. Well, listen, thank you very much for listening to our latest episode. Uh, please come back and visit us again. You can catch us on the social media. We're on Instagram at What a Saga. Look for stories and posts and images of uh, pages from the book and what we've been drinking, etc. Maybe even a picture of Emma's cupboard with the spilt honey. <laughs> and where can the good people find you if they want to contact you or look at your work, Emma? You can find me on Instagram at playful underscore den and you can listen to my podcast people who play do it and dave um mostly on twitter at wimblet um the kickstarter's just finished so it'll be a barren wasteland for about a month as i just go and sit in a dark room and cry okay fine if you 
want to stop Dave from crying, write in and tell him to stop <laughs> crying. You can get us on whatasaga at gmail.com. We're always looking for questions, um, hearing from new listeners, new readers, etc. If you're reading along, listening along, please let us know. You can find me on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook at Armageekdon. So do that. And until next time, we've been the Saga Three Amigos. We still need a name. People send us a name. And have a good week. Make sure you don't have a saga unless it's listening to this excellent podcast. See you later. Bye. Bye.